the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world, whoever you are, a warm welcome to you. My name is Julian Gibb, and you are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. Today, we're blessed to have David, David Witt from the Spirit of Martyrdom. So, David, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Julian. It's good to be back with you. I love our time together. So uh, you may not have uh, heard last week's broadcast and uh, well, if not, why not? Where were you? But uh, (laughs) you uh, now have an opportunity to hear from David again. So who is David? Well, David comes from an organization named Spirit of Martyrdom. And uh, as we discussed last week, it's a it's a catchy title, a catchy name for an organization. Let's go out and be martyred. But of course, the word martyr in the Greek means to witness, to share about your faith both in word and in deed. And so David was sharing how, even though he was raised in a Christian church, he didn't actually have a living relationship with God. He had an intellectual assent. He knew about him. He he approved of him. You know, God created the world. He sounds like a good guy. Um, But he didn't actually have a relationship. And therefore, uh, as he said, you know, with... um, his uh, his life, his witness lacked real power. Actually, I'm putting words into your mouth there. But anyway, uh, I, I oh, guess- well described. <laughs> his, uh, his witness to other people, even though he was a youth pastor, lacked real transformative power. However, uh, David uh, had uh, an, uh, coming to faith, I guess, a real living pumping faith where uh Amen. and tell us about that so at one point you have an intellectual ascent um but at the next point you know you have god christ pumping through your veins amen when the lord i really felt spiritually i got the exchange life god took my pride uh my self-righteousness in exchange for his life the, the atonement the blood and now the holy spirit is in me um, leading me, speaking to me, allowing me to have true spiritual insight into his word and, and, and rest, you know, in, in my identity in Christ. So that, again, last time we talked about Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. That was when a whole new life started for me. And when it now I became what I call as a recovering Pharisee. Um, so now I don't have to be in my own self-righteousness. I'm content in Christ. And so that's what's set up for, again, this, this global work and, and, and the joy. And I invite everybody who's listening, if you are not confident beyond all things 
that Christ is in your life, then ask him about that because he came to me. The, the, the word says no one can come to the father except the father enables, but God is a good God and he will hear your need and he will come and show you what that looks like. Even if you've been a, you've called yourself a Christian your whole life there. If you're not at peace with God, the Lord has fullness for you. Amen. Yeah. And so, you know, often, um, you know, we uh, come to learn about Jesus Christ and uh, it, it sounds wonderful, but we even know in our lives that, we're, that, that there's something lacking. You know, we, we know we're called to do, but we're paralyzed by fear, you know, and yeah. uh, people or such as yourself or, and Russell, it's like, wow, you know, they're out there around the world talking to terrorists, you know, yeah. converting terrorists uh, from, uh, you know, from hate into love. And it's like, well, that that is amazing. And I'm right behind you, David, you know, about 3000 miles behind you, the other side of the world. Go, David, <laughs> go. You know. uh, but but you're, you're a super powerhouse, you know, spiritual powerhouse, but not me. No, no, no. You know, so so um, what would you say to someone who's thinking, listening on the radio or on the computer and saying, you know, that this this truly is uh, let, let's remove humor for a minute. You know, this this truly is amazing. But I just haven't got what it takes to to to, to serve, you know, in in any meaningful way. What would you say to that person? Yeah. So it's where God when God did that work, he showed me what true humility is, because I mean, you know, the scriptures and certainly our Christian fathers point towards humility is the keys to the kingdom. But what is humility? Many people come to the wrong and religious ideas about that, which is, oh, not thinking of myself. And that's not scripturally correct because um, it's God makes the, our, the, he brings us to the original design. I mean, God loved us so much. He put us as image and likeness of him, poured out creation uh, for us. And then he becomes a dies for us because he wants a people to share in, in his divine reign. So obviously we are very important to God and esteemed. And so what God showed me is humility is not thinking high of yourself. It's not thinking low of yourself. It's the freedom to not have to think of yourself because we're a new creation of Christ. So because now I'm in Christ, I, I am connected in divinity with Christ, with God, and therefore I am confident in myself. So when someone is thinking about, well, I can't do that, that's a super Christian they're contrasting and they're eating from the tree of knowledge of good and bad. They're making the judgment of what's good, what's bad. And in the relative spectrum, when we eat from the tree of life, it doesn't matter anymore. It's all life, even tears, even suffering, abundance, blessing. It's all God perfecting his glory and ultimately giving us gain. So there's two different kingdoms. And if people are thinking about themselves, evaluating themselves, I want to encourage the listening audience. That's the enemy's trick to get you to think about your old man. But but if you know Christ, he's in your life. He's been crucified for you and you no longer live, but, but he, he lives through you. So now put your mind on who you are in Christ and you'll be free from thinking about yourself. You'll be lifted up what Jesus is doing all the time. Your eyes focused on him. So to put put this into terms that even I can understand, um, you're saying that when we allow Christ to take control, it's him that's doing it through us. And suddenly, suddenly more immeasurably more than we could ever think of doing. And so so to put this into you, it's sort of like, David. You know, uh, I don't know you that well, but I'm assuming, you know, D- David has this good level of competency, you know, intelligence. 
However, without God, it, it, th- that plane just isn't going to fly. You know, it, you know, um, you uh, to put this personally, David by himself hasn't got what it takes to do the things that he's Christ is now doing through him. Is that is that fair? Yeah. Well, you know, I think Julian, you and I have talked stories of testimonies illustrate the best. I think that's why the scriptures are 70% narrative. So I'm just going to illustrate this with a story. So years yeah. ago, um, when I was in Vietnam, I've been blessed to be in 53 nations in my lifetime, many of them restricted. I've been able to interview prisoners and many who have suffered for the Lord years and on and on. And so I've gained, you know, insight into, into the, the Holy Spirit's work in lives. And I'm with a, a pastor who spent three years in prison for his faith, three years in a tiger cage where he was five feet by five feet. So couldn't even stand up. He was in a rack with his, uh, you know, his wrist and his neck secure. Most of the time chains on his ankles. He got one scoop of white rice was his dietary nutrition every day and no visitors and, and never see the sun underground. And I was, I was moved and humbled. Okay. So I'm like, as I'm tying to dinner table with him, I'm thinking in my mind, my mind's doing that somersault right in the back. I'm thinking, when the world, who am I to even be talking to this guy? Like this guy's a super saint, you know, uh, to be able to suffer all that for Jesus and now active and powerful witness for him. And, um, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, David, at the cross is level ground. You have the same Holy Spirit. And the way you treat this brother is the way you treat me. But remember the way he treats me is the way he treats Jesus. And it's like, wow. God reminded me of my identity in Christ, and it's by faith. So you see, every time, like even today, Julian, I, it's Christ in me bringing out this insight, revelation, to be able to talk about this, but it's a Christ in you that is receiving it. So it's Christ speaking to Christ in the unique personalities of us, of who God has designed us to be. And that's incredible mystery, but it's beautiful and it's true. And so as I live in that plane, the reality of what God's done in my life, it's just there's so much fruit of the Holy Spirit of joy. It's just like amazing that God's done this in my life and allowed me to see these things and do these things. Well, tell, first of all, so did you say that this 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 brother who's in the bamboo cage, that he's now he's now sharing the word? Yeah, well, because there's such a public outcry internationally, and this is the way we can help. When we begin to pray, we begin to write letters, we put pressure on governments, that embarrasses them. So eventually they let him go. And we were in a restaurant, Julie, when I met with him uh, in, in uh, Ho Chi Minh City um, in Vietnam. And he goes, let's pray. He grabs my hand, prays. I'm thinking, um, isn't this not allowed here? He goes, he laughs. He says, what are they going to do, put me back in prison? <laughs> he was fearless. And, and because the government knows he's not going to compromise his faith, he's going to be faithful in prison or out. And but every time they put him in prison, they get you know the government out, uh, they get international outcry, and they just figure it's not worth it. So they just keep an eye on him and try to discourage him and watch the work. But that was the reality of his life. I'm speechless, but uh, <laughs> speechless is bad for radio. So back yeah, to radio you. host. Tell, yeah, you <laughs> tell us more. Um, Give us give it, give us more of these examples that you're you're sharing. Yeah, well, okay. So let's. You even brought up the terrorist uh, side. I've been able to interview many terrorists uh, in my life. I mean, I'm blessed. I have such a unique work. You know, I mean, you could get together with terrorists on a regular basis and think it's normal. You know, um, so you know, we had Russell a few weeks ago, and I remember a terrorist I got to interview. He was with the FARC um, guerrillas down in 
Columbia, and he was a commandante for uh, the FARC, and which is a Marxist mentality. And um, and so they, you know, they hate God. They well, they they're atheists, so they deny God, and so they fight vehemently against pastors and leaders. And so he was a persecutor of the church. He shut down dozens and dozens of churches. Um, he threatened um, believers. He put the gun to many pastors' head. Um, he ne- he never directly killed a pastor, but he he put the hurt on them, beat them, you know, made them realize who he was. <clears throat> and um, and then so he's leading in a firefight with the government of uh, Colombia. His men are being um, closed in on, and there's lightning, and storm. He gets separated from his men. Uh, he gets he finds this cave right on this cliff, uh, hides himself in it, puts some stick up in front. He's just surrounded. There's soldiers all around. He's crying out. Um, and, and how he's desperate. And he just thinks, I don't want to be caught. My life's miserable. I'm just going to kill myself. So he takes this gun. He's about to kill himself. And all of a sudden, he said he heard it in the wind. He said, don't kill yourself. I love you. Don't kill yourself. Kept the voice kept on speaking to his heart. Repeat, and then and all of a sudden he starts weeping, and he says, "Experience of God's love." He throws the he throws the gun to far away from him. He's good, and he just experiences. and And he said, "Christ came and met me in that cave that night." And he weeps and weeps, and he finally fell asleep. And um, in the morning, a farmer comes and opens up the cave and he thinks at first, what are you doing exposing me? He offers him a cup of coffee. It was a Christian farmer. And that Christian reaches out to the Holy Spirit spoke it to that farmer to, that he was there, got him, rescued him. Now, remember, the gorillas were the enemies of the Christians, right? And, and the Colombian government was the one after. But he takes them in, um, gives them some shelter, hides them. And ultimately, long story, but he's uh, that God works on his heart. He decides to take the um, to turn himself into the government. But the Colombian government was corrupt, and a lot of you know generals or people you'd, um, or police that you turn yourself into, you still get possibly killed. He hears about a general that a friend of the work down there that he could turn himself into, and you know they're scared to death. They have to they have to sneak him across uh, Colombia to get to where this general is. If he would have got caught somewhere. He could have been shot. To, to conclude this part of the story, he gets to get that general. The general heard his testimony. The, an arch enemy, the general comes and embraces him and is the one who's responsible for him getting amnesty. And ultimately, that um, commandante of the guerrillas became, it does radio, got into radio and now <laughs> proclaiming the gospel and discipling others. Um, and that's just one wow. story in Latin America of terrorists and, again, transformation of what God could do when he's in our hearts, no longer a spirit of fear, but of faith. It's a wake-up call, really, isn't it? Because, you, you know, it, we think, uh, I can't go next door to the neighbors with, uh, you know, uh, some stew or a you know, pot of coffee and share the word of God, because what are the persecution, you know? And, uh, and yet here we have... Uh, people literally are like a soul going around door to door you know looking to uh to beat up christians uh throw them in jail and yet he is converted and not only that but he starts converting generals you know atheist generals so oh, yeah. so that that's beautiful just to know how when we are obedient the law will work through us um mm-hmm. and uh you know it, it it really is a thing of uh 
again, it's the Lord doing it through us because by ourselves, we're, we're, we're not capable of doing it. But could carry on. But before you do, you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb. Today, we're blessed to have David Witt. David is sharing. He comes from the spirit of martyrdom and is sharing how uh, his organization is reaching out around the world, both in word and in deed. And David, remind me, you, you were talking uh, on our previous time together about um, uh, ladies with sewing machines and uh, other people. Uh, you threw some statistics out at me and the one was the first one was so great. I kind of froze to analyze it and then missed the rest. So so th- remind me of that. Well, let's just focus uh, this show more on the lighthouse uh, okay. ladies, because uh, we didn't get to talk much last time. And um, the, so what we found is in the beginning work, this all started uh, 2011. So it's been 10 year anniversary of just explosion of the gospel in India, like I've never seen or imagined in my life. And so one of the things that we saw in immediately after the first year is that when uh, these Indian women would come to Christ, they immediately be persecuted in their villages and they'd lose their job. Their husbands left them Um, in that culture. They will not be remarried uh, because they feel like the gods in Hinduism, there's millions of gods and they feel like they've been cursed. And so, and many of them have children. And so they have no skill, the many of them illiterate. Uh, they have no help. They're, they're ostracized, hated by society now. Uh, the one thing they have is this amazing, deep, rich faith in Christ. Um, and so we, the Holy Spirit just starts to be, give us wisdom that we wanted to come beside these incredible ladies and, and, and give them tools. And so the Lord gives wisdom of, give, of starting a six-month sewing school. And we do 10 ladies in each school. We have schools throughout India. And those ladies join, there's two instructors and we get two sewing machines and they share it among 10 of them. And then they learn the skill of sewing. But all the time, every time they meet together, it's discipleship is the main part because it's not really the sewing, it's the life of Christ. And so now they're they're not only gaining a new skill, they're gaining ministry. They're gaining identity. So by the time they're done, their trajectory in life has absolutely been turned 180. Before they're hated, they could barely eat. They were they were shamed. They 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 their you know they had to do heavy hearts with the joy of the Holy Spirit, the Lord. But yet they just the life was difficult. All of a sudden, now the village people are seeing. Whoa, this person has a skill. She has joy. She has a sewing skill. We we need that. She, there's this there's this God she worships that is giving her strength, and she and she's being financially blessed. She's healthier. Um, you know, on and on. And uh, and so when I was visiting uh, uh, just a uh, couple of years ago, I, I was able to visit a, um, a lighthouse lady who had just graduated six months before, Julie. And um, and so I asked her because I, I, I mean, immediately I like 50 women, uh, uh, it, you know, in, welcomed us when we got there. And there are a ton of other believers. There. I mean, it was like 150 people total. But I saw there was 50 women that she had discipled and she's a lighthouse lady. And um, so I said, how many women have you been able to um, pray for the last six months? She immediately, 1,200, about 1,200. I said, whoa. And I thought, to the translator, I thought, oh, she heard it wrong. That's just, that's unbelievable. <laughs> so, I said, so I thought in my mind, I'm going to re-ask the question. You know how it is, right, in radio. And we, we, if we're not sure it's accurate, we want to re-ask another question because we might have heard it wrong. Anyway, so I said, well, you know, about every month, how many do you pray for? And she really thought through it because I see she wanted to get accurate. 
And she said, yeah, it's about 200 a month. I'm like, wow, here was a lady who had no power, not respected, no, you know, no influence in the village just six months before. Now God gives her skill, confidence, the Holy Spirit. And now she's transforming the village. And she had 50 women she was discipling. Oh, now that's power. And, and But, you know, we just give a sewing machine to do that. It's not the same thing. It's the whole thing. It's what God does because he gave her a community of believers. He gives a sewing machine. He gives her a mystery. He gives her wisdom in the word of God. It's the whole, it's a whole package. And that's what God does. He's holistic. He meets us on every level. And that's what we see in these restricted, persecuted, and unreached nations in areas we're going to. They've never heard the name of Jesus. And many of these villages Julian, they, they, you know, we go and we say, have you ever heard of the name of Jesus, who he is? They go, no, you don't. We don't think he's in this village. He may be in the next village. I mean, that's how ignorant they are even of who Jesus is. And when they come to faith in Christ, the transformation is beyond probably most Americans' minds. Goodness. Yeah. And so uh, tell, uh, you know, tell, tell us more. You know, you have, <laughs> I'm uh, on the edge of my seat just listening to you. But before you do. Uh, how do we learn more about uh, the spirit of martyrdom? Is there a website? Yeah, so spiritofmartyrdom.com. If you can't spell martyrdom, go to At Risk Radio, because that's another social media platform we have. But uh, that might be at riskradio.com or, 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 or spirit of martyrdom, M-A-R-T-Y-R-D-O-M. And there's all kinds of resources. If you sign up there, you can have my book. They'll read some book I wrote on India and a ton of other resources in Kingdom minded uh books on there we'd love to get away free if people want to sign up for our newsletter because i'm looking at here there's one book which is uh uh fearless love in the midst of terror mm-hmm. uh, know anything about that yeah, yes i yeah i uh that was a book to start the ministry that i wrote uh with a brother from pakistan and it really contrasts fundamental islam from the quran the G, uh and jihad and what that is and martyrdom with biblical martyrdom of returning love for evil. Uh, it's a sobering book, but it's very powerful if people are dealing with a lot of fear, uh, fear of their own death, of suffering, and ultimately that transformation of trusting Christ. And so uh, t- t- tell us some more. You know, I-, I was going to talk about a few other things, but just, you know, it's very encouraging and challenging and sobering to hear. You know, so there's there are these ladies in India who have given up everything yeah. to follow Jesus Christ. I mean, literally, literally on, on, uh, you know, it seems like, you know, very limited means to survive being shunned by society. So physical needs, social needs mm-hmm. taken away. Yeah. Uh, and yet, yet, and yet they're blossoming oh. and not only blossoming, but, but bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. And so t- tell us some more. Well, I, you know, because we've been flying around the world. I want to move to the Islamic world now. So, you know, God is moving among the Islamic world. 70% of Muslims that I interview, and I've done hundreds of interviews in my life now, um, 70% of probably, Julian, had had a vision or a dream of Christ revealing himself to them. Because one of the things I've heard before is, you know, when Christ starts working in their heart, and it's a, it's a bit, for many, it's a slow process, because this is massive. It means persecution. It means leaving their culture uh, or being, you know, separated from it and difficulty. And many of them think, how can 1.6 billion Muslims be wrong, I think. Um, and, and yet, what we point out is not about religion anymore. It's, it's Christ. It's, it's not exchange of religions. It's a, it's a letting go, a crucifixion of religion to exchange for life. 
um, because, it, you know, Christian, Jew, uh, Muslim, on one level, it's just, a, you know, flavor um, because it's the transformation of Christ that makes the difference. So um, one of the guys I got to interview, because we've been kind of hitting terrorist stories, so I'll keep on the terrorist theme today. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interviewing ex-terrorist, and, um, and he w- hated Christians, um, student named Khalif. And um, he used to go to, uh, um, you know, businesses and blow up Christian businesses, steal from them. He would spit on them, beat them, and he actually murdered Christians. Um, and so when I got to interview him, I knew that part. I said, how many Christians have you uh, killed? And he said, "I uh, four, four Christians, because he was a Muslim. He was trying to convert Christians and non-Muslims to fundamentalism like him. And I just got a huge smile and I said, oh, brother, you have no idea how deeply grateful I am that you're a believer in Jesus. My neck appreciates it, right? Because, you know, here's a guy who would have literally wanted to kill me. But now here's a guy who would risk his life for me because he's a brother in Christ, because he tried to fight Christianity. He tried to then study the scriptures to find the, what, the, where the Bible is wrong. During that time, he had a vision of Jesus coming to him and, and, and revealing himself and, and in a light, he said, and he said, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Come follow me. And 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 that was the was his tipping point because God is already working as hard as he was reading scripture. And God changed so much from a foe to a friend. And, and that's the power of God. That's what God's doing around the world. And I invite people to pray and get involved as the Holy Spirit leads. So, you know, for people listening, you might be thinking, oh, well, I've done things in my life, you know, that um, I'm just a write-off. You know, uh, if, if I was God, I wouldn't bother. Um, however, we're talking here about murderers and terrorists who are being forgiven and coming to faith in Jesus Christ and now sharing good. And so whatever you are done, whoever you are, there is forgiveness. There is salvation through Jesus Christ. And so go out, go and love your neighbor as yourself and allow him to work through you. You've been listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb. Today, we're blessed to have had David Witt. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.